0: Welcome back to The Gathering Podcast. I'm Travis. And I'm Will. And on today's episode, we're covering a series uh, we put together uh, called Why Men Hate Going to Church.
1: We got put onto this topic by listening to a podcast from The Art of Manliness, which is authored by Brett McKay. It's uh, podcast 253, Why Men Hate Going to Church, where he interviewed the author of a book, called Why Men Hate Going to Church, David Murrow. Yeah, and so
0: David uh, wrote this book, um, not just based off his own experiences, but also, you know, talking with a lot of other men who don't go to church and um, some of those reasons why. And I think overall, it does discuss um, kind of the feminization of church, which uh, is, I think, more than evident. <laughs> if you look at... at church today. and uh, But more specifically, uh, chapter 10 discusses the 12 things men fear about church. And so we're going to cover those 12 things starting today. So yeah, so um, the first thing we covered was um, I'll hate church like when I was a kid. And that was the first fear uh, covered in chapter 10. The second fear is uh, uh, I'll lose control, which is, um, yeah, let's just dig into it a little bit more.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, before we're going to read this in a minute, but before we do, I think it's important to understand how prideful we as men are. Oh, for sure. And we always have to be right. And in order to be right, we have to be in control because, of course, my opinion is the right opinion. And the way I do it is the correct way. And so to lose control of a situation, or especially your personal stuff, your personal time, you know, what you want to do with your day, and it's, it's difficult. And I, I realized this uh, even more so when I had kids and my time was no longer my time. Right. Uh, that, that stress and that battle for control. Really started to take over right. and so
0: I think that's why God allows us to have kids <laughs> well, we have, so yeah
1: marriage and children are like the single biggest you know edifying uh sure tool if, in it, our spiritual life
0: if if you go into it like that you know, sure because yeah. uh, so many times we see um, men, fathers that uh just are too stubborn for it. And, um, <laughs> in, insert the number of divorces, insert the mm-hmm. number of, uh, children who have, um, issues with their parents, fathers, and, uh, um, so many fathers walking away from their children. Um, yeah. so, so yeah, it, it, if used properly, it is a great tool in, in sure. that respect, but, uh, <laughs> um, let's just see what, uh, um, what David has to say here in, uh, here two chapter 10. A man's greatest fear is powerlessness, whereas a woman's, uh, excuse me, whereas a woman most fears loneliness. According to Sam Keen, a man's worst nightmare is loss of control, to become disabled and dependent on others. A woman's worst fear is a loss of relationships, to be abandoned, left alone, and unloved.
1: When Sam and Sally go to church, they hear a message like this you need to give control of your life to God and enter into a personal relationship with the one who will never leave you or forsake you. For Sam to embrace this message, he would have to face his deepest fear, a loss of control. But for Sally, the gospel means she'll never have to face her greatest fear. She'll never be unloved. Who's getting the more attractive offer?
0: There are many other controls a man uh, must give up. When going to church, for instance, he loses control of his time. If a church service uh, is long, boring, irrelevant, or weird, he's stuck. Out of politeness, people rarely get up and leave. So a man feels
1: trapped. I gave up my weekend for this, he thinks. Men fear being singled out for attention at church. Most guys would rather come and go anonymously, but some churches ask visitors to stand and be recognized. And men usually hate this attention.
0: Oh, don't. Oh man. Absolutely. (laughs) Like I, I, yeah, I, I, I've never really quite understood why. Um, I mean, I shouldn't say that. I, I get it because, um, without, uh, without someone pointing out to me, um, Hey, there's a new person in that pew over there. Uh, for Mm -hmm. sure. I'm probably going to overlook it. Um, Mm -hmm. And I try, I try not to, um, and especially if I'm there ready to go, or if I'm greeting at the door or something like that, I love the opportunity to greet new people. Um, but even, even just a, Hey, how are you type of thing? You know, nothing, I don't want it to be awkward or anything like that for them. Um, but I just want them to know, Hey, we're, we're here. We we see you. We recognize that you're here and you're a new face and welcome. I, I, I did that one time. Um, and the, uh, uh, the couple looked at me as I'm shaking their hand, the the guy looks at me and he says, yeah, yeah, we know we've been coming for six months. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that was definitely, uh, open mouth insert foot. (laughs) I felt terrible, but, um, but you know, jumping on the, uh, the, you know, feeling trapped part uh, that he references Sure. Here. So, um, probably gosh, it had to be 15 years ago now. I think, um, I went on a missions trip to China and I, uh, I was able to, um, yeah, uh, deliver religious scripture and, and, and actually yeah. Bibles and, and gospel tracts and things like that written in Mandarin and, um, came back and I was invited to a church to kind of tell my story of what I did. And there was one gentleman, I, I reached my allotted time, uh-huh. and he stood right up and walked right out
1: when I'm in the middle. <laughs>
0: it was so awkward hey, for me. Hey, it is uh, 12 agree.
1: o'clock, and goodbye.
0: Right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Oh, man, yeah. So that... Uh, I appreciate the politeness that some folks have to not do that uh, just right. from just from that perspective. And
1: that's but. where you see there's such a diversity between churches and even how long a service goes, how much music they do, sure, how yeah. long the sermon is. And so some churches, the whole thing might be 45 minutes. Others, the sermon might be 45 minutes to an hour, sure. plus music and stuff like that. So, I mean, not, not just... Is your amount of time different on that Sunday that's taken out of your day? But if you don't like the preaching style or the music or the person you're sitting next to right. or whatever it is, then yeah, you, you feel stuck. And 100%. I, mean, I, think a, I think some of that, though, um, probably majority of the time just comes back to. Not necessarily is it's unbiblical or you don't like it. It's just a preference, um, and maybe you need to find a different church if you don't like that service is an hour and a half long. You know, I'm sure, I'm sure there's one out there that's shorter or longer if you're looking for a longer one. Sure. So it's it's not that you shouldn't be going to church then if that's the case right. and you feel trapped because right. of that. You just have to find the church that's right for you.
0: Right. As, as long as it's
1: doctrinally sound. Absolutely, yeah, yes. for Sure. Um, and then that the last part that you talked about, like you, uh, you had mentioned at the very beginning, uh, I was at a church oh, several years ago. It was a Lutheran church. And I think it's the only church that's I've ever been to where they asked all the visitors to stand up. And I did. I stood up and uh, thankfully they didn't like... Hey, what's your name? Or, oh yeah. Or no nobody had me say anything and I think that's a fear. That's the, that's the biggest fear is, you know, what if they ask me to say something? I'm not going to stand up. I'm not going to say I'm new For what sure, if they yeah. ask me to say something and especially, you know, we're talking about control today and I didn't prepare anything to say, Sure. you know, or right? and I don't want to look stupid if I stutter or say something wrong and so I'm just not going to stand up and there's that awkwardness and you find it in any group, especially so there's some trainings I go to as a police officer where they still make you go around the room like in elementary school. And, right? hey, tell us your name, something uh, about yourself, how long you've been in the state police. I'm like, Ser- like seriously? <laughs> <laughs> like, like it, it feels childish. But I'm sure there's something useful that can come from it as well.
0: Well, I think
1: um, I
0: think in a more intimate setting, um, sure. you know, we... I work remotely. Um, my company we have sixteen plus uh, employees, and um, you know, the last time we had a, a get together in Chicago, um, we did that. Go around, tell mm-hmm. us something, some tell us something. You know, nobody knows about you and whatever. And in that respect, that's kind of needed because we we don't really we. I mean, we have people, Michigan, Illinois. California, Utah. I mean, mm-hmm. we don't know um much about each other, <laughs> you know. And yet we're trying to have this work relationship yeah. which is, you know, uh rather difficult. So so I can see maybe um you know, building the bonds. Maybe somebody says something that, "Oh, really? Hey, I you you play you play guitar?" No kidding. Uh, what you know, what kind or whatever. Sure. And it builds a little bond there.
1: Um
0: but yeah, I, at a large group setting like church or something right. like that. Yeah,
1: I I don't, I don't see how it could be so very useful there. Like you're saying, in a small setting, if you have a discipleship or a life group outside of church where there's a small group of you getting together, the point of that group is to get into each other's yes, personal lives, yes, to go yep. deeper. Absolutely. You're, you're going to have to share more about who you are and stuff like that, what you're struggling with. And even for work, you know, you... Those other 16 people you probably still interact with occasionally via email, via you know, yeah, phone, for sure. something yep. like that.
0: Yeah, regular basis, yeah.
1: Right. But for a large group of strangers, like it's right. just, yeah, let's not play that game.
0: Yeah, definitely. And so I can totally understand <clears throat> that that fear. Um, here's the biggest thing that I want to point out <clears throat> with all of this. and uh, And again... I, I am a man who likes to be in control. Yeah. and so I totally, um, you know, with the <clears throat> the last fear uh, we discussed, you know, hating it like when I was a kid, I didn't really um, I didn't really connect with that fear as much because I I I generally gen- genuinely enjoy going to church, right. Yeah. Um, but here, <clears throat> yeah, oh, for sure. I hate um the feeling out of control. And yeah. in fact, I will agree one of my one of my greatest goals in life is to ensure that I'm financially sound enough so that like I you know, some people they want to give their kids everything they possibly can and they, you know, they want to have all these amazing experiences with their children so that they go on vacations and whatnot. I I would give up all of that if it meant that um, I was financially stable enough to ensure my children would never have to take care of me, you know, if, if anything ever happened to me, um, where, you know, just hire a nurse, take, I've got, I've got the money in the bank, you hire the nurse, the nurse takes care of me. I'm not, you know, I'm not a problem to you or a burden. Mm -hmm. I'm in control of this situation. So I totally get that on the flip side. I, I need to present it that we are not ever in control. Like you right. might you you might think you are and there might be, you know, little facets of, of points in time, situation, whatever that you are in control, but you're not in control. I mean, we're in the middle of COVID 2020. Right. Who really feels in control right now? Right. Yeah. I mean, we're we're just not. And so that hurdle right there. I mean it it is it is like you said where um you know when when we were talking about this earlier that I I'm sorry, for the greater good, I I think I think you just need to man up and get it done.
1: Right. I mean, so so the biggest thing that we yeah, that we've learned from this time specifically is you thought you had your life in all lined up in sure. control, your finances, your work, your relationships. I don't think so. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then what I'm hearing the most, though, from about control is time. So uh, the book talks about how, oh, I wasted my time on this. Uh, I didn't like it you don't like the sermon yeah, yeah you you didn't like enjoy or you didn't you don't think you got anything out of the message is is what I've heard before and I wasted my Sunday sure because sure church is a late morning typically if you have to drive anywhere if you have kids, it's gonna take a few hours out of your day. It can, especially if there's a potluck or something afterwards right, yeah. or fellowship of some sort. your Sunday could be shot.
0: Yeah, I for instance uh one of the one of the last Sundays before everything got um closed down I um because I'm I'm part of praise and worship um I was there from like 7 uh 7 between 7 and 7:30 in the morning and then there was an event after and I think I got home around 2. Like yeah, that's that's a huge yeah. chunk of your day. You know, so um Totally on board with that. Yeah, it can. Yeah,
1: and we we were we were just talking about this before the podcast. Is that we've kind of enjoyed, you know, having to stay at home. Yeah, because it has saved us time for sure. (laughs) You know, for sure. Uh, Like like my church has live stream at ten o'clock, so before we'd have to get up at you know get start to getting the kids ready at like eight thirty. We had to be out of the house. A little after nine, to make it to drop the kids off to get to church service before ten. Now I can roll out of bed at nine fifty eight and hit, you know, go to the church website and I'm watching church service. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So I'm getting more sleep and, and, but you are missing the fellowship. Yeah, you're missing the the the, you know, face to face conversation, and honestly. If it's just a couple hours out of your day, what is that to us? It's a twenty-four hour day. You know, look at literally. Um, I think we were. I think it was Craig Rochelle. He was talking about managing your time and actually keeping track of right. how, how much time you spent on different things. Sure. If we did that for was, a week, w- was, was that it,
0: was that one of a pod uh, it, one of his podcasts? Was, was discussing uh, Slack? Slack?
1: I think. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If we did that for a week and determined oh what gosh. we actually spent our oh time gosh. on, how oh much my. how much do you watch Netflix or Hulu or are you looking at sports or on the news or looking at stocks or you know, whatever it is you're sure. doing and wasting your time on, what is an hour or two on a Sunday that's actually gonna edify your soul, right? or your wife's or your kids?
0: and and again, it's just that that um that lesson to, you know if nothing else, it's that lesson to your kids and and you know paying attention to those statistics on um you know uh, crime rates and relationship issues um when when compared uh children whose fathers went to church and children whose fathers didn't like even that in and of itself right um because I, let's face it, you should be the spiritual leader of your family, you, your family should be its own little church. Um, so, so they, they, the content should, should be getting there, but it's just, it's that, um, reinforcing that good habit and the benefits that can come from that, that honestly are worth far more than you getting that hour. Right. Um, and, and yeah, like, (laughs) like you said before the podcast, Um, I I think it really just does come down to, you just, you, you really need to man up and get it done. You know, just like I had to man up and get up and go for a run this morning because I'm fat. (laughs) (laughs) Like I didn't want to, but you got to do it.
1: Right. There's some things in life that are necessary for us to sacrifice. Yeah. And so I heard a story once that, uh, in regards to it, you know, you think church is a waste of time, so because you didn't get anything out of it, you know, what did you have to eat last week? What did you have to eat yesterday? You remember what you had to eat for breakfast? You know, like we don't always remember what we ate, but it nourished our body at the time, sure, right? And it strengthened our body to get us to where we are today. Church is this; it's no different. You're, yeah, you're meeting regularly on a Sunday or whatever day your church is with other believers, you're hearing a message from God's word and it nourishes you and strengthens you at the time.
0: And, and here's the thing, maybe that Sunday mm-hmm. wasn't for you. Maybe you were there for somebody else, right? You know, may, maybe, um, and, and we're, uh, we're kind of up on time here, but you know, I, I have spent, uh, I've had several Sundays where, um, I don't remember the message, but I remember, the profound comment that, um, this person or that person made regarding it. Or I remember the conversation I had with somebody as I was headed out the door or, you know, or I remember, um, saying something to someone and, and finding out later that what I said without even intending to really, um, really meant something to them. You know, it, that's what maybe you're there. Yeah. For someone else that Sunday. Right. I mean, I've, I've really missed, uh, one of the things I really missed about church is, um, there's a particular couple who, uh, usually ends up sitting in front of us and just the way that, um, just the way they worship. Um, uh, cause I'm, I'm not a whole, I'm not a Hands up, waving in the air, type of type of guy. Um, sometimes I don't even like singing; I just like to listen. Yeah, but it makes it it speaks to me how they worship, like seeing them and how um, involved they are.
1: Ministers to me, <laughs> like
0: yeah. so. So maybe you're not there for you. Maybe you're there for somebody else, and maybe you should consider that.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I like that you brought that up because. I think one of the fears about control is if I go to this church or this service, I have to worship the same way other people do. Sure. I I am going to be, if they start raising their hands or they stand up, Oh no, now I have to. Sure. And maybe that's not your style. Yeah. Uh, you can worship God without doing those things. And so I think this fear, I'll lose control. I'll call it what it is. I I think it's a cop out. Mm -hmm. It's, I don't think it's a reason. I think there's something deeper, probably pride, selfishness, just a lack of priority on God in your in your life that's keeping you from going to church, not losing control. So so guys, it for you for you listening, if this is you, if this is one of your fears that you're gonna lose control if you start going to church, losing control of your life, God's gonna call you to do different things in your life. Um Man up, man up and get yourself to church for sure.
0: And, and honestly, we're,
1: we're not in control anyway.
0: Yeah. I mean, we're not in control of this, uh, this life on earth just with, like I said before, the whole COVID deal going around, but, um, you know, we're not in control when it comes to our, our faith. So if you're a Christian man, mm-hmm. if you're a Christian man and you're not going to church because, Of those reasons, which is kind of the, the, the direction we're, we're, we're speaking to, I guess. Yes. Guess what? You're not in control anyway. Right. Like you've, you've, you've said, God, since you've saved me from an eternity in hell, I'm offering my life as a sacrifice back to you.
1: Do with it what you will. Like that's Christianity. We, we, so we, yeah, we the gospel and Jesus' you know salvation for us literally is transforming us, making us into a new creation. Right. So yeah, we are literally giving up control of our old life. Maybe maybe you're afraid to let go of how you spend your money, right, because you're doing it sinfully. Sure. And so so there are things that God does call us to give control over to Him. Right. And I think it's about time that these guys do this.
0: That's it for this episode of the gathering podcast. We appreciate your support. If you found value in today's episode, please hit that like button, share and subscribe.
1: We'd also appreciate a good review, but more importantly, if you're in the Gladwin, Michigan area, please join us for the gathering breakfast held the second Saturday of each month at the 963 building on North M18 where we'll have plenty of bacon and we'll touch on this episode briefly with some more outlook from men like yourself.